Welcome to another episode of Granny Shot, your not-so-serious NBA podcast. I've got Don and Delco is back with us today. We are in the middle of a blizzard up here in New York. Sounds like, Don, you're dealing with an ice storm. It's cold here, but it's nice. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. It's good to see you again, Ryan. I'm not too excited that Delco is back now, but it's, it's whatever. Yeah, I, I was kind of feeling the vibe last episode. Give Delco one more chance tonight. See how he does. I'm here to take the podcast to the next level, fellas. Don't worry. Daddy's back. Here to save it. Here to save Granny Shot. Uh, I was I was actually uh, gone last week. I was meeting a buddy of mine that I've known for over 20 years. We were grabbing some outdoor beers, and he he reminded me that when we were seven years old or nine, I, forget, I think it was nine years old. Um, I read the fourth Harry Potter before he did and came into school at one morning and just ruined it for him. <laughs> so so it, turns out, right. uh, yeah, it turns out I've been an asshole since the very beginning. Nothing's changed. It was nerd. good to see him. Good to see him, though. Good to be back. Sorry to all the granny fannies that had to listen to these two assholes talk last week. We're, we're back in full now. You're not going to go start a Harry Potter podcast with your new pal, are you? I might. Granny, wow. Harry Granny. Well, Don and I are just going to have to carry this on by ourselves. <laughs> Dumbledore dies. <laughs> <laughs> what? All right, let's let's get into it here because we don't have we're always stretched for time to get through all the six teams that we want to do. If anyone hasn't listened to our previous episodes, we're doing over unders based on the Vegas odds that came out on December 3rd. That was post the Westbrook trade so not really any major changes within the nba since then so these may have varied a little bit since then but there shouldn't be any major differences here we're going to get through three teams in the west three teams in the east however since delco so rudely could not join us last week we do want to make sure that we get his picks real fast because we are tracking these and we are going to be able to come back to these at some point and uh make fun of people who did poorly and uh and award the person who, who did great maybe we'll sing them a song we'll see uh but delco what are your picks for these six teams? I want them real quick. Let's just shoot these off. OKC over under 24 wins, 33% win percentage. OKC, I'm going to take the under. I wouldn't be surprised if they won a few more than that over, but I think deep down they want to lose. They want to they want to rebuild this team, so under. All right, Thunder under. New Orleans Pelicans, 49% win percentage. I'm going to take the under here. They have some nice pieces there, but I don't think the uh, sum of all the parts is as good as the individual parts. So under. I think I know where you're going with this one. Minnesota Timberwolves under or over 42%. Under Anthony Edwards is shocking. A, a, a long way away from being a real contributor, I think. And this team still can't play defense and they're still soft. Former Eastern Conference champions, the Miami Heat over under 60%. Over their tough as nails. The this has them winning one game less than last year, and I think this team is actually going to be better than they were last year. So that's pretty easy over for me. Interesting, interesting. Okay, Indiana Pacers fifty five percent over under. That's an easy under. They this team isn't very exciting at all. Oladipo's done. They didn't really add anything. He's got better under. And finally, the Detroit Pistons thirty three percent over under. I'm going to take a slight over, not because I think the Pistons are that good, although I do think a healthy Blake Griffin could do could make them interesting, 
but I also think that some of the teams above them are going to fall a little bit. So I'll take the over. All right. Well, thanks, Delco. We can uh, catch up with you next week. That was fun. All right. See you, fellas. <laughs> All right. No. So now that that's over, we'll get into the actual content for this week since we uh, we talked pretty extensively on those six teams last episode. Again, we've got three teams in the West, three teams in the East. We're going to start in the West today. And for those that haven't listened to our last podcast, we're going reverse alphabetical order by the city name. I don't think I specified that in the last episode, so people probably thought I don't know my ABCs. However, I do, and I know that some people on this podcast might refute that, but I promise you I do. We're starting with the Memphis Grizzlies today because that is the next team by city in reverse alphabetical order. Ryan was just flustered because he missed me. Yes, yes, yes. That is it. All right. He's, so he's blushing. The, <laughs> so the Grizzlies, Vegas has them at over under 30 wins. That equates to a 42% win percentage. In 2020, I think they surprised most people and won 47% of their games, and they actually snuck into that play-in game in the playoffs. Um, and they end up losing that, but I think all in all, most people would look at the Grizzlies and say they had a really successful 2020 season. Vegas is looking at them saying they think they're going to end up doing a lot worse than last year their team's really not much different so i think it's probably a product of just the west getting better but what do you guys think don i'm coming to you first i'm taking the under on this one i like that team a lot i think they have a lot of nice potential and a lot of young assets on that team but i just see the west getting a whole lot better and i just don't i don't see it i think they're going to lose a lot of those those games that they won last year against some of those teams so so yeah, they're very again very intriguing. Uh, it's it's hard not to like what they've done with the the core there. My man Justice Winslow is going to play a full three game season. Um, maybe he'll get another concussion and be out for like six months. Who knows? But yeah, I like the Desmond Bain signing. I know he was big on your list, Ryan. He's going to fit in really well with that that grit there that Memphis establishes. They have some again. They have a lot of nice pieces. I just don't. I think they're going to slide this year just because everyone else is right. They have superstars. They have all stars. They don't have it. They don't have that on the team right now. And jaw's going to be that one day, I believe, but not right now. So they're going to slide under. It's interesting. You say that I thought jaw was that last year. I mean, he was super exciting and showed that he could win games for them. And all indications are that he got better. The over under amount actually has them winning four less games than last year. And I don't really think that's fair. I think they equal or potentially slightly exceed where they were last year. I know the West got better, but I think the Grizzlies are always a tough team. They're going to be without Jaron Jackson Jr., which is uh, massive, but I think he'll be back and he'll be healthy and and, uh, the Grizzlies will be scary in the second half of the year. I'm actually going to take the over here purely because I do believe in this team's growth and I think they're going to be a tough team to beat all year. And I think Jaw is going to make a, another leap this year. I mean, he's he's so young and he was so confident in his first year. I don't see any reason why he won't come out better than he was last year. So I'm going to take the over. I think the Grizzlies are getting slept on this year. I'm going over as well, but only slightly over. Uh, Don, you brought up the Grizzlies grit. That's something that I, if I was a Memphis fan, would be very proud of because this team has gone through an entire rebuild you know, with the with the job, the jaw draft at number two, but somehow they've really maintained that uh, their, that brand really that they've built of being this gritty, tough nosed organization that just fights and and works works hard and wins games. 
Uh, so I'm going the slight over here as well. I will say that Jay Crowder did was on this team for the majority of the season last year. So he did contribute to a lot of their wins. And I think a lot of that grit and that effort and given that veteran presence before that trade that sent him to the Miami heat. Um, so I do think that could hurt them a little bit, but I think all in all the added experience for a young team is what's going to get them over here. I'd be surprised. Um, I think a lot of that is going to rely on uh, JJJ, Jaron Jackson. I know he's coming off knee surgery. One thing that did shock me, though, is they said going into training camp, he came in two to three inches taller, which would make him a true seven-footer, which is exciting. Again, I like the team a lot. Um, I really like Brandon Clark as well. I think he's going to be a really, really good player. Agreed. Brandon uh, Clark is going to have a great season. Yeah, I definitely see that. I just don't. I think with uh, Jaron Jackson coming off the knee surgery, I don't know if I'd rush him into a shortened season where they may they may fight for that last seed in the playoffs, but even then, I don't think they do. I think they just fall, I think they fall short. I, I agree with you there. That they're doesn't good. mean I, I I think their team is set up for a lot of future. Like if I'm a Memphis Grizzlies fan, I'm really excited with everyone on that team, but I just don't know if they are able to pull it off this season because of the way the West was situated. I, I don't oh, think they're forty two. I don't forty two percent win percentage is not getting them into the playoffs. You know, so I, I don't think they're making the playoffs either. I think they'll probably end up getting somewhere in the 43 to 45% win, win percentage range. Yeah, I don't have them sniffing the playoffs either. Uh, and I don't think they're going to rush JJJ back by any means. I think they wouldn't be upset with losing some games, but I just think this seems too tough to lose games the way I think a, a, t- a flailing team like the the Thunder or the Knicks, you know, might let some games some games go. So, All right, so we've got... Two over, one under, Don being the one that's going under. Yeah, and and since we're less than 24 hours away from our La Liga fantasy draft here, couldn't help but notice you called out Brandon Clark as having a good season. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, I knew I knew when I said that that you were making mental notes there, but it's okay. I'm I always everyone working. knows Brandon Clark's going to have a good season. I'm on everyone, the, I'm on the fantasy knows. clock 24-7. Every, everyone that plays fantasy basketball knows Brandon Clark is a nice little pick. Yeah. Sneaky. Sneaky. All right, let's move on from the Grizzlies. And our next two teams are the L.A. teams. So the Lakers, we're going to go first. What can you say about the Lakers? They're coming off a championship season. They have LeBron, second, maybe first greatest player of all time, depending on which side of the camp you're on there. Uh, they add Dennis Schroeder. They add Montrezl, they add Wes Matthews, they add Marcus Gasol. Did you have some losses kind of from a veteran perspective? You know, maybe some locker room presences in Rondo and Danny Green and Dwight Howard. But all in all, it's hard for me to say that this team got worse. If anything, I think they probably got better. Right now, Vegas has them at a 48% of 48 wins on the season, which is a 67% win percentage. It's actually 6% lower than their 2020 win percentage. And I'll go first here. I'm going to take the under here. And the reason why I'm going to take the under here is one, a little bit of a hangover from winning it all last season. Two, I think LeBron sits out quite a bit this season. And I think that they're going to be completely content with just getting into the playoffs as the three or the four seed and just going to the playoffs the way that LeBron always does. He seems to always just be able to turn it on when he has to and get the team behind him to turn it on when he has to. So going under, not because I think the team's any worse, just because it's a condensed season. No one really had a summer break. 
And I think LeBron's going to end up sitting. He's getting older. And I think that they're going to be very focused on that, that load management this season. Yeah, I think so too. I know in our early podcast, I was talking about how I didn't have a lot of faith in the Lakers to win the championship because I didn't think that their depth would step up. And um, it, it ended up, I mean, the, the depth played all right, but it turns out that any team with LeBron and AD on it is going to be competing is a superstar league. And they come back with LeBron and, and AD. So I, I agree they're they're going for another NBA championship. I think they're going to miss Rondo out there when the playoff times do come. I think he he was massive for them and Schroeder might be more talented overall, but Rondo is a lot more mentally tough and has that experience. So we'll be curious to see what they do in the playoffs. But I'm actually also going to go under purely because I think this team is going to take some time in addition to the championship hangover, they're going to need some time to um, integrate with each other as kind of a fresh new roster. And then, of course, I, I agree with Ryan. Again, another fantasy point noted, I do think LeBron is going to be resting quite a bit this year in this condensed season. And I don't think they are prioritizing the one seed at all. I think they just want to get in the playoffs and that's when their season starts. So I'm going to take the under, even though Vegas thinks they're going to win some uh, less games than they did last year. That leaves me to disagree with you both again. Taking the over here. I think they got tremendously better than they did last season. Uh, Rondo's the biggest loss, but getting Harold Harold to that team, and I think Marcus Gasol is going to have a fantastic season. I think this is going to be one. I know he's getting older, and he's had some questionable seasons lately with his uh, production, but I think he fits in tremendously with that team to space out the floor, especially with AD already out there. Um, right, This is now this is projecting them to have... 24 losses on the season if my math's correct right 72 game season i don't i don't think they they lose more than 20 personally and i i do agree i think they're going to rest lebron but i think their team is competitive without lebron actually uh, dennis schroeder brings a lot of offense to that team i spoke about him last season i really do like his offensive capabilities what it comes down to is i think they will rest lebron but i think that's more in the back half and i think they can still win without that happening so I'm is, taking the is this here. team without LeBron any different than AD's New Orleans team? I would argue it's much worse. I think if if LeBron rests, then they're going to struggle to win win games. I don't think they're that great of a team without LeBron. Uh, they're still pretty solid. Yeah, they can still, still compete and win games. They're, they're, yeah, they're they solid. would make the playoffs in the East without LeBron. Agreed. Like they'd be really good in the East without LeBron. Yeah, but you know. You could say that about about almost any team in in the West right now. Um, So uh, I don't think we're arguing if they're going to make the playoffs or if they would make the playoffs in the East. I just don't. I I don't think they got tremendously better. And I don't think that they're that strong of a team. I think they're a fine team without LeBron, but I think they're very they could lose to anybody. But you guys are you guys are baking in the fact that he's going to sit a lot. And while that may happen, I'm just saying, like, let's say he sits for. 10, 15 games of the season, he, he they're probably only going to lose. Let's say uh, you're lucky if they lose like 70% of those. Right. Yeah, pro- I, I agree. I agree with that point too. And that, that's kind of where I was going is it, he's going to sit a lot. That doesn't mean he's going to sit 30 games. You know, I think he'll sit like 10. He won't play back to backs. You know, I mean, this is assuming he doesn't get hurt. Right. And of those 10 games, maybe they only win three, but still it's only seven losses, you know? So uh, I don't think that, that's the reason specifically why they're going to lose a lot of games. I do think that the championship hangover is 
something that I, I totally believe in. I think that they're just going to have a hard time getting to the swing of things at the start of the season. And there's going to be new faces and new chemistry. And, you know, you look at some of the teams that LeBron's been on in the past. They haven't been fantastic at the beginning of seasons. The, the Heat team always struggled at the beginning of seasons and they find their stride later on. Right. And I, that's why I think that they're going to end up slipping a little bit below what Vegas has them at. Not necessarily because LeBron sits, but I think that'll just be a contributing factor. I think the team's solid without LeBron. They're okay. I, I think Marcus All is not really going to play that many minutes. I think he'll have a, a nice game here or there, but he was already looking hurt all the time, almost like the Kevin Love vibes, where even when he's healthy, it just he looks so much slower and he looks like he's in pain just being out there. He's 35 now. I, I think he's going to be playing a handful of minutes. I don't think he's going to have a massive role. He'll just be able to come in and and provide elite talent for a handful of minutes, and he'll probably rest a lot too. So, I think he's actually one of the most important signings they made. I'm not that big on that signing. I think Wes Matthews can play a solid role. I think he'll play the, the same type of role that Danny Green played, but something about Danny Green over the last year, year and a half, he, he's definitely taken a step back. He doesn't hit the shots that he used to hit the same way or at the same rate. Uh, doesn't seem to have that same level of confidence in, in taking some of those shots too. I was... That was one of my main reasons that I didn't think the Lakers were going to win when we're going to the bubble was Danny Green was not the Danny Green that people think of when you think of of elite role player on a comp- competing team. Didn't didn't he only really step up in the playoffs, though, historically with the Spurs? Like he was just kind of known for being that guy that everyone ignored because he wasn't very good. But then when you absolutely needed him, he came. Yeah, but he didn't even play well in the playoffs for the Lakers either. Right. I mean, he played OK. He he had a good, very good season with the Raptors and and says, but I, again, I I think Wesley Matthews steps into that Danny Green role and is just as good or better for this one season. But before we move on, I, and and this can be a, a short point, what do we think? Just because people are talking about him, Taylor Horton Tucker, is he going to be a a key part of this rotation, or is this just no, preseason hype? This is preseason hype. Preseason hype, and yeah. that's something we should mention is that the teams that we do later in this over under have the benefit of us seeing some preseason games that we didn't get to see for some of the teams that we did in our earlier episodes. Preseason hype is hilarious. You almost wonder is like, is this the first time you've watched? He's getting like forty minutes a game and shooting like thirty times. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't see him doing much. But the only thing that I'll note is that. Caruso had a great preseason. Then he ended up. This was maybe two or three years ago. Caruso had a great preseason and a great summer league, and ended up finding a role on a Lakers team. Um, yeah, I, the last person on the Lakers that also got added was Montrezl Harrell. I'm not a Montrezl Harrell fan. Uh, I am interested to see how he does for the Lakers, but I think that he is generally from NBA fans overrated. Uh, so we'll see what kind of role he plays for this Lakers team. He's got a great attitude. I mean, a hardworking attitude, but I just I don't see what he really does besides the hustle and being a decent sized body. I mean, but sometimes that's all you need, especially on a team like the Lakers. Lakers is a big body putting their body on the line, giving 100 percent, sprinting up and down the court, going for the rebounds. I don't think he's that good. I think he's also overrated, but people like that work great when you're surrounded by ADs and LeBrons and others who can make things happen sometimes you just need that piece to get that offensive rebound to dive out of bounds just be on the other side of the floor in transition and i think that's exactly what he brings and and he'll fit in well here even though i i do agree with your points ryan i'm a montrezl fan so you know i disagree with both of you he's very for what he does his role is perfect he's very efficient near the basket 
he's always been a high high efficient field goal shooter his hustle right you can't really it's really hard to capitalize on what you're shaking your head you don't agree yeah he hustles i mean he's very efficient agree with that very efficient i I just i don't i don't think he's gonna do much for this lakers team right i I think that they don't need scoring i don't know I, i don't see him sharing the floor with ad i don't see why he would be on the floor with lebron lebron's good surrounded with shooters i don't know we'll see but speaking of montrezl right i think we've talked the lakers in the ground here montrezl comes from the clippers right so he moves from one la team to the other team stays in the same building gets to keep his same home his same uh home stadium maybe a different locker room there but the clippers on the opposite spectrum of the Lakers had a disappointing bubble. And I think there's a lot of theories as to why that may happen, may have happened. Maybe they just didn't have the personalities for that bubble type atmosphere, but they end up changing coaches. Doc Rivers leaves. They hire Ty Lue. Uh, Ty Lue's a, uh, a polarizing figure, I think in, in NBA circles. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what he does there. Like I said, they lose Montrezl. They lose to Michael Green. They lose Landry Shamit. They do add Luke Kennard. They do add a piece that I love in Ibaka amongst a couple other pieces, folks like Batum and things of that nature. But those are the big ads there. What Vegas thinks the Clippers are going to do this year is they think that they're going to win 47 games. So just one below the Lakers, Vegas has 65% win percentage. Last year, they won 68%. So just slightly under what they did last year. Delco, I'm going to come to you. What's your feeling on the Clippers? This one's actually an easy over for me for a a few reasons. I I also love the Ibaka signing. Anytime you can sign a player who is an NBA champion and who has fought in multiple playoff battles, big guy can spread the floor. I think that's a great signing for them. I think he's better than, than Harrell um, for this team. And specifically, I think Kennard is leagues above a better than uh, Shamit. And I think he is great for this team. I think he'll slide in nicely as a, as a floor spacer with, with this squad. Batum, I hate your guts. You put our franchise into the ground, even though we were already in the ground for a while. But I think he can actually contribute a little bit on this team off the bench. I'm expecting big things from Paul George and Kawhi this year. I think they're actually going to come in. What's the opposite of a finals hangover? What happens when you... A chip on their shoulder. A chip on your shoulder. I think... I think they got shit on after going up 3-1 against the Nuggets and blowing it, as they should have. I mean, that was embarrassing. Get really fucked up Kawhi's legacy. I think he was going... uh, He was making a strong case to be one of the top players of all time until he absolutely shit the bed with the Clippers on that one. Paul George completely disappeared, and now everyone on Reddit's calling him playoff P and soft. These two guys are going to want to win every single game that they play, and their roster is stronger. I think they're going to be the number one seed in the West, and I'm going to take the over. Let's not let's not say that his legacy was ruined. No, not know, not his, ruined, his, but his, it's his... like it's like if MJ, not to compare Kawhi and MJ, but if MJ like, you know, lost two finals in a row after winning two straight, it would just completely throw off. He he had a poor series. The trajectory of where his legacy could have gone uh, leveled off. But, you know, if he comes back and they win it all this year, for the most part, people are going to forget last season. Any, so, how many how many three one leads have been blown and how many have been blown in that fashion? I think 10. How many have been blown in that fashion where they are up double digits for all of the games? 
Yeah, it was embarrassing. It was also very odd circumstances in the sense that there was no fans. And I, I, I mean, I know that's not an excuse, but it's still it's something that I think has to be mentioned, you know, when you talk about it, because if you're up three one and you're playing in front of your home crowd twice and you're up by 20 and the other team comes back on your own floor. I, I just, it just feels like a totally different scenario there, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I agree that but, there's an asterisk, but this does go on its permanent record. And I want to provide some additional context for our, our listeners that aren't a part of our NBA chat. What was it? Four years ago. I controversially said that Kawhi had top three potential because he was so young and he already had NBA finals, uh, win two rings and an MVP under his belt. And then he won, uh, after I said that, he won finals MVP and a ring with the Raptors. And then he goes to the Clippers to potentially win his third in three years. If he does that, then I'm not saying he's no. on the he's trajectory, nowhere close. but, but it's, nowhere it's not close. as crazy as, as a, of a thing to say. It, At no point in his life was he ever <laughs> going to be top three of all time. He had the potential. <laughs> and then I have the potential to be a, a mega billionaire from this podcast. No, you don't. But actually, <laughs> but it, regardless, that something like that went on his permanent record. And I think blowing a series like that, no matter where he lands on the spectrum of greatest of all time, whether it's top 100, top 50, top 25, it's going to affect his spot by like 10 to 15 places because of that moment. Maybe. Okay, so you're saying you're saying over on the Clippers. I agree. I think the Clippers are going to be over, and I also think that they're going to have a fantastic season. So kind of continuing the trend here of Delco and I agreeing. And I honestly think the same reasons. I Like I said, I love, 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 love the Ibaka signing for the Clippers. He's comfortable coming off the bench. He's got no problem coming off the bench. He's a team guy. He can play defense, be a force down low as a shot blocker on the weak side. He can step out, hit shots. He's not afraid of the moment of hitting shots in, in, in big possessions in the playoffs. He's got the experience. I just love that signing. I think it's a huge upgrade for them. Uh, I like Ibaka a lot more than Montrezl on this team, assuming Ibaka takes a lot of the minutes that Montrezl would have had last year. Now, your points on Kennard are obvious, right? I think he'll he'll space the floor. He'll be solid there, too. But the reason why is to your original point and that I think Kawhi is a great season, but I really think Paul George bounces back strong this season. I, gonna, I think ooh. he's going to have a really good year this year. He's been getting absolutely shit on and he just signed a huge contract and he's going to go out there and do everything he possibly can to prove everybody wrong. I think a season similar to two years ago in OKC when he played really well, maybe not that good, but I think it'll be more on par with that than it was this past season, especially in the bubble. So that's why I'm taking the over and I'm, and I'm confident about it. I'm going to join. I'm going to join you guys. It's a pretty easy over. I think they're going to be the first, the one seed best team. I think in the NBA with, with the lineup that they have their second squad, their second five could push the East for a playoff contention, honestly. So yeah, I'm saying I don't really have much more to add, to be honest. I think it's an easy over, they're going to smoke through the the East and West, whatever teams they play. And I think they're, I wouldn't say they're going to set any record, but I think it's going to be a phenomenal season for them. It's Kawhi's last, last season, right? With the Clippers. So how, what is the level of, of disappointment if this Clippers team fails again? I mean, what does that do for these players' legacies? You know, because I think we... Define fail. Well, fail... Any anything similar to last season, I would consider a massive failure. 
They have to make the Western Conference Finals or it's a failure. Easily. I agree. If they they go to the Western Conference Finals and they lose in a tough battle to the Lakers, I don't think anyone's going to look down on the season and be like, yeah, they they disappointed, right? Everybody wanted... I won't say everybody wanted to see the Lakers and the Clippers, but everybody expected to see the Lakers and the Clippers this past season, and you didn't get it. And regardless of what you say, yes, the Nuggets beat the Clippers, and yes, in that series, the Nuggets were better than the Clippers. The Clippers were a better basketball team for 95% of the season than the Nuggets were. And I know that doesn't matter, but the two best teams in the West, in my personal opinion, never actually played each other. So I kind of would like to see it, whether it's in the Western Conference Finals or not next year. I don't care. But I think as long as they get there and they and they compete, then it won't be deemed a failure. Yeah, I, I agree. But I do think that after last year if they're not absolutely locked not if they're not absolutely locked in it's it's going to be a complete failure on the coaching and management's part because i don't know it was very clear to me that this clippers team was looking past the nuggets and on to that lakers series that everyone was expecting to see and something like that just cannot happen two years in a row and if it does then i think we really need to question paul george and Kawhi. and i mean i'm already questioning tyloo in general but we need to really question this franchise and they had all the stars aligned and there was just complete failures on, um, on the players and the staff to get the teams focused when they need to be focused. So I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's a massive failure if it does, but I, I think they get it together this year. They learned their lesson from last year and arguably finals favorites. Uh, not according to Vegas since they have less wins on the over under than the Lakers, but only by one. I think I'd probably pick them as the finals favorites for myself. Actually, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Clippers, Lakers, still to me are a toss up. But I think we need to move on. We need to jump into the East teams. I will warn everybody the East teams that we're about to talk about are a lot less interesting than some of the playoff teams we just talked about in the West. I guess it depends on what you think is interesting. Some teams really like bad teams. Shout out to all those tanking fans out there. One final comment, Don, you are correct in that this could be Kawhi's last season with the Clippers. He does have a player option in the season after this. Uh, so he can choose to take that or not. If Paul George and Kawhi end up not working out the way that it seems like we all think they're going to work out this season, maybe he looks at leaving. We'll see. So let's move on. We're going to go into the East and again, reverse alphabetical order. That means we're jumping from the Clippers, one of the best teams in the NBA to the Cleveland Cavaliers, one of the worst teams in the NBA. And what did the Cavs do this off season? A lot of nothing. They really didn't do much at all. They added JaVel McGee, which I'll be completely honest with you guys. I didn't even know that until I started prepping for this podcast episode. And they added a Coro in the draft. I know that's a guy that Dan really likes. He had a buzzer-beating layup in our preseason game just the other night. And then they lose Tristan Thompson. Right, Tristan Thompson probably have his number retired in Cleveland. He's a guy that the fans in Cleveland absolutely adored and loved for what he brought to the Cavs teams that not only won a championship, but were competing and has won seeds for multiple years there when LeBron was there. But the Clipper, the Cavs are not what they once were when LeBron was there, and they've just been absolutely atrocious. There's no way around it. And Vegas thinks they're going to stay that way with a 22-game over-under prediction, which is a 31% win percentage, 2% better than last year. So they actually see a little bit of improvement coming from the Cavs, but it's hard to 
not improve from how shitty they were last season. <laughs> so where do you guys see the Cavs at this coming season? I'm taking the over. I actually like I like how tenacious the Cavs are. I actually more like the number on this one. I think they they have a very again tenacious squad. They have a lot of offensive weapons that they're bringing in. I like Okoro a lot. He's he's already been huge for that team, even though it's been preseason. Delco ragged on him for being a terrible shooter. How's that taste, Delco? He's been fantastic from shooting in the preseason. I, I like sample size. Yeah, be careful, Don. Oh, you'll see. You'll see. Plenty, the sample plenty size. of people have been burned by a good preseason game. Bend over. I'll show you sample size. Um, <laughs> Dar- Dar- I think Darius Garland actually is going to have a really nice season. I've liked what I've seen so far. And then Kevin Porter Jr. is going to have a breakout season. They just have a lot of young guards, a lot of offensive weapons. Again, for this one, I don't think they're going to be anything special. I just like the number on the board that they're giving us with the Vegas odds. I think they could definitely win more like 24, 25 games. Uh, depending on if Andre Drummond gets moved, does he stay with the team? How does Kevin Love perform? Kevin Love was shooting lights out last year before he got hurt. And his status is always questionable, but I think a lot of leaps are going to be taken with this team. Um, Colin Sexton is is a solid guard. I just think that they're going to be able to compete and get above that. They're not going to make playoffs. They're not going to make any big waves, but they will achieve the over on this one. I'm going to agree, but then I'm going to talk about them like I disagree. This team is complete garbage. I mean, I'm not saying I don't see the potential in a lot of those players like Kevin Porter Jr. And I, I like Akuro just because I said he couldn't shoot doesn't mean I don't like him. Um, Garland, I, I agree. Those guys are exciting. They're all 20 years old or under. You know, when, when you're playing real NBA teams with vets, they're going to get fucking demolished. This team has no chance. It's just a bunch of kids and Andre Drummond and two or three games of Kevin Love. Um, I think they're they're barely over, but they're one of the few teams, one of the five or so teams, I think, that are fighting for that number one overall spot at the end of the year. We'll see if Drummond gets moved, but you know, regardless, I'll, I'll take a slide over They're They're competing with the Knicks. So I think they could probably get more wins than the Knicks, but this team is absolute garbage. Um, and I don't think they're, they're going to win any more than like 25 or so games. Best case scenario. What if I told you that right now, as we speak, the, the Cavs are beating the Knicks by 16. I believe you. Does that change your opinion? <laughs> yeah. Change everything. <laughs> Cavs are going to win the finals. Um, no, because it's preseason and preseason doesn't matter at all. So Cavs, Cavs over, but they're trash. Okay, I'm I'm going Cavs under because you guys said over pretty much <laughs> because I, I really don't care about this pick at all because they're so just the Cavs. The only person I like Kevin Porter Jr. I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, I think he's one of those guys that'll probably develop on the trajectory that maybe like an Ubre developed. Um, it's not going to happen right away. It's going to be just like slow, steady strides. And I'm not saying he's going to be a superstar, but I think he's going to be a very solid contributor in this league. Uh, aside from that, I, I like Sexton. I don't see him being anything special. Be completely honest with. I think he'll be a fine starting point guard in the end. Sexton's NBA. weird because maybe. he's like the best right now out of that group, but I think he also has by far the lowest ceiling of that group if that makes sense uh yeah i I don't know if i would say that i it makes sense i i see what you're saying but um yeah i I don't know if i necessarily and and that that. group i I mean Um, like uh akuro uh kevin porter jr garland i mean those like young potential guys i think he's decently by by decent margin the best player today 
but I I feel like we're we've already started to kind of get a glimpse of his ceiling. Whereas these other guys, I think, have a lot of growing to do. Dude, he's twenty one. I'm just saying, I don't see the same potential that I do for the other. He was, players. He was a he was a top recruit out of high school. I used to watch him all the time in high school. Top recruit out of the MB, out of the college. All these guys are top recruits. That's not true. Most of them are. So the other thing that I'll bring up is Drummond has a very tradable contract right now, either to a team that wants to make a push for a playoff spot or a team that thinks they could help them on a contending team. I I really don't actually see that last point that I made happening, but, um, you know, maybe a team takes a shot at Drummond, maybe someone really stupid like the Hornets. Oh yeah. I could see that happening. Um, but so I, I, I think that's a possibility. And the one other point that I want to take since I'm taking the under Larry Nance Jr. I feel like for four or five seasons, everyone's been like, this is the year that Larry Nance Jr. is going to break out and reach his potential and be it. And I'm tired of it. I'm fucking tired of it. That's the only thing I wanted to say. I think he's an okay player, but I'm just so tired of hearing this is it. Larry Nance is going to be great. He's going to be a phenomenal role player. He's going to have a great year this season. Yeah, Shut up. He's 20 fucking seven now. I don't think right. I've heard that this year. I think I think the world's agreeing that he had his chance and he never really did it. Um, but just really quickly to respond to Don's high school point, you know who else was like a mixtape high school star that's on this squad this year? Thon, Thon Maker. Uh, his mixtapes were fun. You, you guys remember that? He was supposed to be the next KD or something. I'm not even going to waste energy responding to you on that one. <laughs> All right. We've talked enough about the Cavs. Let's move on. So we're go- we've are we got one over, sorry, two overs, one under on the Cavs. Next team is the Chicago Bulls. Bulls, very similar to the Cavs in that not a lot of offseason moves going on here. They added Pat Williams in the draft. Didn't really add much of anybody else via free agency. The biggest things that are additions also to their teams is that they get auto quarterback and they'll get Wendell Carter Jr. back. Both those teams missed a whole lot of time last season. So you guess you could say those are kind of new additions and maybe that sees them winning some more games. Now, the Bulls are projected to win 30 games, according to Vegas. That's a 42% win percentage, 8% higher than what they did in 2020. 8% is pretty high. So I think they probably see the Otto Porter. They see the Wendell Carter Jr. stuff coming back. They probably have a lot of faith in Billy the Kid. That seems the general consensus around the basketball world like Spilly the Kid, so I think that Vegas probably sees that as well. So I'm going to go with the over here. I think if the Bulls stay healthy, they can actually be near playoff contention this season. Um, I think they're pretty deep. They don't have any superstars, but they actually have just like a lot of solid players, and I think that's good enough to be competitive in the East. So I'm going the over. I am taking the under on this one by far. Billy Donovan is going to learn pretty quickly that this team is not going <laughs> to see you smiling, Ryan. This team's not going to be good enough. I think they have a lot. It's like a good NBA team, but it's not. By, by far the under. So what, what does that mean? I think they win less than 25 games. That's a hot take. Uh, well, well, give, give, give me a percentage here because COVID 100%. could happen. Because co- COVID could happen? You know, COVID could happen. Ryan predicted COVID December 2020. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's coming. I'm saying no greater than 36%. Wow. I don't, I like, I like what their team well, is doing. I just don't, 
I don't see it as complete. I think there's a lot of more internal issues going on with the team. Zach Levine is he's a great scorer. I don't know like where he where he lies on the the basketball end of can he control a team and take them to the next level. Is Kobe White going to peek out again? Yes. See, Kobe White's going to have a phenomenal see, season. I don't know. I think he had a fantastic season, but shooters like him, they rarely can can produce again unless you're talking about the Seth Curry's of the world. I mean, he had that th- that type of season in some of those games. Uh, I like Wendell Carter Jr. Dude, I don't think anybody is comparing Kobe White to Steph Curry. Like, What world are you well, living the, in? The world where he was making eight threes a game. I don't remember that world. You don't? I don't remember that world either. His 60, I mean, that might his have 60, happened once or twice point or something. Game but. When he was going off, and he was averaging like four he was averaging like four or five threes a game. Well, you guys can look it up, but I was I was watching those games. I don't think he's able to replicate and produce. I don't know if he's the true starting point guard in this league that can go the full stretch. And again, I don't I don't know where Otto Porter stands. I know Delco's big on him. I need to see a big a big improvement this season. Laurie Markkinen has not proven himself to me at least this season. I think there's a lot of hype on this squad, and rightfully so, but I think that's more driven by Billy Donovan and what the potential they see in the talent of this squad. But this is one of those teams that I'd rather play with on 2K than actually watch in real life because I, I don't think they're going to be able to click and their chemistry is going to be a little bit off. So saying they're going to win 42%, not not in my book. Taking thirty six percent. Oh hang on. When did Kobe White score sixty points last year? I, I was this in your two K league? Because that didn't happen. I didn't want to call him out because I was like, did I miss that? But I don't remember that either. Uh, maybe it was less. <laughs> I think you're I think you're thinking of Levine maybe when he played the Hornets and turned into Jordan for that one turned into Tracy McGrady where he hit like 17 points in nine seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I I can, can, can we cut all the points that Don just made about Kobe white? No, absolutely. Absolutely not. Those are, are going to stay and the world can see two, two threes per game for Kobe white. I think what I was thinking about was his, I think the point one was wrong. What he had was he had, he had two back to back 30 plus games where, and it remember in the fourth quarter, yeah, he finished the season really yeah, strong. Yeah, in the fourth quarter, he hit seven threes. Okay, possibly. That's what, I, that's what I'm right. talking I about mean, by the Steph Curry performance. I don't think he's going to be that Kobe White. I don't think he's going to be hitting anywhere close to that. I think that I think that's just hot streak. I don't I'm think anyone on- expects him to average like his best game yeah, all year. I, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying, you know, I, I saw one game where he hit seven threes. I think he's going to do that all year this year. I, I think he's just going to be a very steady, good strong performer this year if you look at the last eight to ten games that he had last season he was performing really well i mean almost every single one of them he scored over 20 points dishing out five to eight assists per game i think he's gonna have a phenomenal season he's one of the main reasons why i think the bulls are gonna be over yeah i think he's gonna be solid i don't i don't think anyone expects him to be the next steph curry this one's really hard for me because i like the donovan signing i like a lot of the players um, with Otto Porter, my love for him stems from how cheap I think his contract is going to be next year. I think he's going to be a great get at a cheap price for whoever snags him next year. And and I do like a lot of the individual players here. I like Pat Williams, too. I think Wendell, Wendell Carter Jr. is due for a good season. I'm still going to take the under, barely. And it, it, Come it, to daddy. It, 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 it's daddy. tough for me. I, I do think that 
it's going to be tough for Billy Donovan to make his mark right away uh, with this with this COVID season. I'm not sure what training camp necessarily would would look like for them. There's a lot of separate pieces that haven't played together. You know, Otto has been out for a while. He knows his contract's up. I don't think he expects to be back here next year. That's like motivation for him to play well. He's in a contract. That's true. I, I also I also just think a lot of these guys are a little bit injury prone moving forward. So unfortunately, I, I do anticipate an injury situation with the Bulls. I think that they're going to be good in the next couple of years. Um, I think they have some pieces to build around. I like Donovan. And this year, I think they're hovering around where the over-under is, and I'll take the the slight under. It pains me. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, this is one of the ones where I'm, I feel really confident about. So maybe we can continue our conversation off the podcast and figure out some sort of wager on this. We, future, we, we but... both know that I don't talk to you outside of the podcast, Ryan. Come on, guys. You can hang out with me a little bit after, right? Don, I think it's no. your weekend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on in the interest of time. So the Charlotte Hornets, uh, they're our final team that we're going to talk about today. As you guys know, the Hornets, we are hometown North Carolinians. We've been Charlotte Hornet fans our entire lives. Although we don't necessarily live in North Carolina now, we still follow them. Live, breathe, eat, die Hornets, right? And it's a sad life. (laughs) (laughs) So the Hornets, their key additions, obviously this was the laughing stock of the offseason was Gordon Hayward. He gets a massive contract and LaMelo Ball. Those were two huge offseason things that the Hornets did. We haven't gotten this much attention in ever, right? Whether it's negative attention or good attention. Some key losses, we don't really have any. Marvin Williams left to the Bucks midway through the season last year at the deadline last season. He really wasn't the same Marvin that he's been, you know, three, four years ago. Uh, Dwayne Bacon, Batum's gone. Thank God, right? But this team's more or less the same. Add LaMelo, add Gordon Hayward. Vegas has them winning 26 and a half games. So 26, 27 games over under one percentage, 37%. It's 2% higher than this year. So they don't think that the Hornets are going to get that much better. I don't know who wants to go first here because I think we can all talk a lot. This is already kind of extending into what might be a little bit of a long episode. So let's try to keep it brief, even though I know we can talk about this segment for quite a while. All right. I'll try to keep it brief. This one's tough because I feel like we we are going to shit the bed, but I, I'm going to take the over. I think it's a bit disrespect to say the Hornets stay the same. Honestly, I know I know the Hawks were below us uh, last year and they made a lot of improvements, but we made a lot of improvements too. We got a lot better. Uh, Gordon Hayward, if he can stay healthy, which I already know he he's already fractured a pinky or some shit tonight. I think so. We'll see what his health looks like, but if he can stay. If he can give us 50 games, that's going to be a massive impact. LaMelo TBD on if he's just going to be a highlight reel or someone who can actually contribute to winning basketball. We'll see. I think the jury is still out on that. One thing we do know is he is going to be very exciting. But I'm taking the over. Even if even if Hayward gets hurt and LaMelo doesn't pan out to be the star that we all want him to be, I think that a lot of the young guys on the squad are going to take a jump. Um, so Miles Bridges, PJ Washington. I don't think any of these guys' ceilings are massive, but they're going to get better. They all, they have good attitudes. Um, they've been together for a while, and uh, you still have Tay and Rogier. So the squad is is really similar. I think they're going to get better. I think they're going to be competitive in a lot of games. So 
I'll take I'll take the over. I think it could be a slight over if things don't pan out, or I think we could potentially push into that eight nine range, depending on how Lamelo and and Gordon play play out. But I'll take the over, and I do want to say that as much as we hate Batum, that motherfucker is probably going to have a ring with the Clippers <laughs> to the end of the year. So Batum, if you somehow stumble upon this podcast, go fuck yourself. But if you do win, give the Hornets a shout out. This one pain. This one pains me. I'm just I'm just soaking it all in. I didn't know. Hor- I. You want me to go first? No, I didn't know Hayward fra- broke his pinky on his shooting hand, and now he's question. Who needs a pinky? I mean, come on. Spit on it. Rope some dirt on it. Tape Questionable it to even start the season. I'm glad that and I just I have nightmares of another Batum situation. Um, just got I'm taking. Her. I'm taking the over as well. I'm, I'm just going with it. I think. We're going to see some leaps from uh, PJ Washington and Miles Miles Bridges specifically. Uh, Even though I'm not a big Miles guy, I've actually liked what I've seen in some of the the summer training videos as well as the preseason from him so far. He looks like he's gotten a little bit better in shape, um, a little bit more aggressive on the floor, which I love to see, which he needed to do uh, because he definitely had a lackluster um, second season, I believe it was. Uh, PJ Washington, I think, could, could make a breakout breakout year he stretches the floor well his health is a big concern for me i followed him a lot last year as he was on my fantasy team and his health was kind of skeptical at points but i think the team overall did get better and uh maybe one of the martin twins it doesn't matter which one since they look the same can have a breakout performance that would be ideal too but just for the the hornets culture and uh you know just for the respect i'm gonna go over here and i hope you're you're not banking on a one of the Martin brothers being a star. Well, you know, both of them combined will be like a semi chub star. If we if we could merge them into one person, they'd be like a D League player. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're going to be solid contributors. They're most certainly not going to be stars, but they're both good defenders. I, I do it. I'm going no. under, to be honest. Like, I I. Love the Hornets. Like I, I know we've talked about the Hornets on this podcast before, but I, I watch almost every single one of their games. I've watched almost every single one of their games for my entire life. It pains me to say that I'm going under, but the reason I'm going under is because the East got better. The the Hornets, they're saying people think that our roster got better, and yes, it did, just in the sense that Gordon Hayward got added. But I don't and, think and the, we got any better. It's not nothing. He, yeah. I, I know, but he's a, he's a rookie, right? I, I think I, I try to take into account that rookies can come in and, and contribute, but they don't they contribute by showing flashes. But most rookies don't contribute to winning on teams that are not good at winning already ahead of time. So I struggle to see that this team turning games into wins. And my main reason is that the Hornets had the fourth worst point differential in the league last season, and they ended up finishing ninth in the east right I mean, you can argue they finished 10th because the wizards lost all their games in the bubble which pu- actually pushed them below the hornets but i'm taking ninth hell right. yeah fucking go fuck yourself <laughs> wizards all right so finished ninth in the east but we have the fourth worst point differential in the league which means we won a lot of close games and i think a lot of those close games were kind of lucky and i watched Great. a lot of those games and you know we pulled things out of our ass. I don't think Devonte Graham continues to hit huge shots the way that he hit them last year. I, I don't know that he's as good as maybe a lot of people think he is. I think he's good, but I don't think he has any chance at being great or even 
even sniffing like all-star level point guard. I think Terry Rozier wants out. I don't think he wants to be on this team anymore. That worries me. And I think the team is going to be fun to watch. I really do. And I think that they're going to be close to this over under win percentage, but I think they're going to be a little bit under. And it pains me to say that, but that's just my honest opinion. I'm trying to be objective about it. And that's what I think is going to happen. And Hey, if I'm wrong, then great. Because I just made a pick that kind of made this a win-win for me. And I know that's the easy way out in this situation, but that's how I feel. Do you think a, a contending team is interested in Terry? Yes. I do, actually. Yeah. Terry, I, I think I think Terry had a solid season last year, despite what some people think in comparison to his contract. And I think his contract is very tradable right now. He's only got two years on it, and it's not astronomically expensive, right? I think it's $18 mil a year. Right, so it's, Terry it's not too Batum. bad. Who's, who says no? I'd murder people. <laughs> <laughs> he would be he would be great though. I think he'd be really nice on another team. But how dare you, Ryan? Take the under. I thought it. I thought it too, this and then I said, you know what? We're all we're all Hornets pals. I, we're all going to take the over, and then you just had to kill the vibe. Well, you guys said you weren't hanging out with me after the podcast, so how can we be Hornets? That was pals? a joke. Uh, well, it went over my head. All right. So, so I, I think we uh, talked the Hornets into the ground there too as well. Uh, so we've got uh, two overs and one under. And I think uh, there's some bias leaning into those overs in my personal opinion. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. And hopefully Gordon Hayward's pinky heals very, very fast. I've, I've never been praying for a pinky, but I am not. I have. <laughs> <laughs> every night all right that's gonna wrap up our episode for today our very next episode will be our last over on our episode we'll be talking about the final seven teams that we have not yet talked about if you've got any call outs or any questions for us make sure to follow us on twitter at granny nba or send us an email granny shot nba gmail.com delco don do you guys have any final wise words for our granny fannies out there pray God for speed. that pray for that pinky <laughs> Pray for that pinky. Say your prayers. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining joining us again. This is Granny Shot. Yeah.